Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on Fanrag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Polly Questel from New York. And then we got Elliot Niblock on location in Thailand. So, and I think with a decent Wi-Fi connection this time as there well. There we go. Yeah. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. We will see. This condo is far better than the hotel I was at last time, though. So I'm, I'm confident that I can make it through an entire episode like a big boy. Yeah, I don't know what was up that last time. Did you have like a dial-up or something? No, it was just the hotel was kind of crap. I mean, there were just like routers placed all over to try to find Wi-Fi in the room. But this is a Airbnb at a condo with a router just for this particular condo. So it's just I mean, it was, me and my phone. <laughs> the funny part was is that before the show started, like when we were talking, you were fine. And then literally as soon as said said like ready, go, like we couldn't hear you. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Hopefully it will be better today. We'll wrap up the midweek games from the Champions League and the Europa League, and then we'll take a little look ahead at the Premier League where we are on match day 36 already. Oof. Yeah. It's it's getting close. It's getting close, and they're still... My bum is squeaky. Yes. <laughs> squeaky, squeaky. Not, not too much... Uh... You know, we got a little bit of a title race going and then a little bit of a relegation race going. But in between, I don't know if there's much to uh, to discuss there, really. And we'll well, Don't forget that. all the teams that are trying to drop points and avoid finishing in the top four. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But yeah. before we you get to that. Have to, you don't want to have to deal with those midweek European matches. Yeah. Especially... Uh, Especially if it's the Champions League. Nobody wants to play in the Champions League, right? Yeah, who wants to do no, that? Yeah. Ugh, bunch of money. Oof. Yeah. Horrible, horrible <laughs> stuff. Talking money about and the prestige. Cha- no way. Yeah. Talking about the Champions League, though, we had the first leg of the semifinals this week. Kicking things off on Tuesday were the Madrid teams. Real taking on Atletico at the Bernabeu. Santiago Bernabeu. And uh, Real taking a 3 nothing win here. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit of a closer game in this one, but Real sort of ran away with it. Hat-trick by Ronaldo, and he just scores goals. That's what he does, and it's still still one of them in that red jersey. Uh, I don't even know. So long ago. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I don't know that he's he's going to even want to put in a swan song at Manu at this point. And especially because when it gets to that point, like if he has a year left to put in that kind of swan song and he can earn three times as much money in China, then uh, who well, knows? I, I don't even know if he he's in it for the money at that point. No. I think he's more no, likely he's in it for like records and legacy and goals. Like he wants to score he wants to score more goals, like in Europe and in Spain. Yeah, I don't, and I don't see him going to Manchester United because, as much as he loves Manchester United and owes, I, I don't know if he owes something to Manchester United. He's not. He wouldn't. He doesn't. I don't think he feels the connection to the club the same way that he felt the connection to Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And Sir Alex Ferguson isn't there, so yeah. he. If Sir Alex Ferguson was there, he's coming home. He would have came home. Basically, the whole front office has probably been changed by this point. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a good point, Paulie. 
I mean, the fact the fact is, like, you saw it when she was walking up the stairs to receive his medal for the for Portugal and the Euros this year, and like Sir Alex Ferguson was right there, and he stopped to give him a hug. Like, she calls him his football father, yep. but mm-hmm. she's not there anymore. So, what is like, what does he owe to United? And frankly, yeah. like. What are, like what are United? They have young wingers, like and young strikers. Now you want to bring in an old aging Ronaldo? Yeah, no, and and I think that you're absolutely right about the legacy piece as well. Is that he wants to be remembered as the best there ever was, and I think that he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder in the fact that he just happens to be in the same generation as Messi, mm-hmm. and so the spotlight hasn't been quite as centrally on him. But you know, what can he do? He can secure a lot of records with Real Madrid. And I think he's going to do exactly that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he retires a Real Madrid player. But, you know, then again, it's like you quote unquote retire a Real Madrid player, but you can take a half-assed victory lap in Shanghai and then make several million I don't, dollars I just, doing it. I don't it. think he would go to China. I don't think he would go to I, China. And- who knows? But he the would, thing is that also with his career at this point, I think we're talking about a swan song that is – at least four years away, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I the, the level that he's playing right now at 32, he's going to be continuing to be playing in, if not at Real Madrid, certainly top European football, in, at least until he's 35. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, just think about that. Well, a couple of years ago, or it might have been last year, he came out and said, I'm not going to go into coaching after. It, it was definitely before last summer when he said, I'm not going to go into coaching when I'm done playing because I'm just going to work on my brand. Uh, ironically, then he coached Portugal to a Euro final <laughs> win. Yep. So he's showing um, some but, promise. But nevertheless, he's very conscious about that brand. He's already starting to build it. He's not going to go to sh- like if he's taking a swan song anywhere, it's going to be LA because yep. he's not going to yeah. go to Portugal. He's that's, not going to go to China good point. to do yeah. anything. He's going to go somewhere where he can spend most of his time working on his post career career and yeah. playing a little bit of soccer in between rather than go to China and, you know, be forgotten by the Western world. Yeah, and he can go to Muscle, he can go to muscle Beach, show off his abs. Right. And and just remember, like, if you're... I don't know how he likes to do that. <laughs> if, if you're a big star, in, in, if you're a big star in, in New York or in L.A., like, China will hear about you. If you're a big star in China, America isn't going to hear about you. And mm. the rest of the world won't hear about you either. Yeah, there's probably pop stars in China that we've never heard of that are huge over there. Just I mean, you know. think about it. if you're if you're a basketball fan, Stefan Marbury has been tearing it up in China for I don't even know how many years, and you would have thought that that guy was like washed up and hasn't dribbled a ball in seven years. Mm-hmm. Yep, but he scored three goals here in this game. Um, two came fairly late, one in the opening ten minutes. And I don't know how many hat-tricks. How many hat-tricks does he have now in the Champions League? A Way lot. too many. Put it, put it this yeah. way. Assuming that Real go on to win this second leg, which they will, or whether they win it or not, or not lose it or, or lose it, they're going to advance to the next round. Mm-hmm. That's seven out of the past ten Champions League finals have featured Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. And oddly, they've only played each other once in the final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they've only played each other like once or twice in the semifinal. Like did Barcelona ever play Real in the semis or was it like the quarters? I honestly, I couldn't remember. tell you that off the top of my head. 
Um, so they've either played each other. They've only played each other like two or three times in the Champions League. To begin with. Yeah. But I mean, that's not that surprising given the you know, regulations about not playing domestic clubs in either the group stage or the round of 16, right? Right, but when you think about it, that either one, that at least one of them has made it seven out of ten years. You would think yeah. they're on teams that would go far enough to make it to the semifinals and finals pretty often. That eventually they would bypass those domestic yeah. mm-hmm. restrictions, and like odds are they'd play each other. That's yeah, true. You know, like if, but, if but, Real but, and Atletico keep making the semifinals, like odds are they get drawn against each other every so often. Yeah. yeah. But here's, I mean, back to this particular, you know, Madrid derby. Like, do either of you think that Atletico has a real chance going into the second leg to salvage a spot in the final? No, nope. no, they don't score enough goals. Yeah. And and 2009 Fernando Torres isn't walking through that door. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I mean, they they uh, I think they let me double check real quick. Yeah, they they had one shot on target in this one. Uh, you should have told should have told Liverpool that before they plunked all that money at them. Yeah, it's it's a huge huge mountain to climb. I mean, I can see them maybe winning the second leg, one nothing, but right. no, they're not going through. The other leg, though, that was Juventus against Monaco. Um, Juventus took a 2-0 win on the road there. And you would say that they have a pretty decent shot here, too, of making the final now. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain with both goals in that one. Both coming off assists from Dani Alves, who's uh, still playing at a pretty pretty good level. Despite... Boy, I mean, he's, he is the the, you know... The signing of the season for Juventus, I think. I mean, because he he was also absolutely instrumental in their defeat again. You know, they're defeating Barcelona, his old club, and I think he got man of the match for this game. Right? I mean, he's they've had a fantastic return on adding him. To Who squad. does Barcelona have playing right back that they were like, we don't need Danny Alves? I know they're just they. I think that that's a sign of the arrogance that is characteristic of Barcelona and to some extent Real Madrid as well. And they're like, oh, well, we're Barcelona. So, you know, he's getting a little old. We'll just replace him with youth and we'll still have a world-class player. Oh, crap. Wait, no, we don't. Uh-oh. This well, is like, that's okay because they'll this sign is like United. <laughs> this is like United letting Patrice ever leave and being like, oh, we have this 18-year-old coming up who had one good season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, it, this fixture, though, I mean, I think that, like, it's it, it's amazing to see players like, you know, Al, not just Alves, but especially Buffon. Um, this was, what, his, like, 100th cap in the Champions League? Yes. Um, that's it? And <laughs> that's it. Uh, I mean, dude, the guy's uh, been around for, like, 40 years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's 39. He's 39. Yep. My God. Still having a I, I, I think that... He's got, like, three I, good years left in him then. Yeah. But I, I still think that, unlike unlike the Madrid fixture, yeah, Juventus has a strong grip on this with two away goals, but nonetheless, Monaco have a chance. They have they have a chance to turn this around just because they've been so potent attacking all season. Wait, can we go back unlike to Buffon? Like, yes. Buffon's, like, 39. So, you know, like, so athletes are... You know, there's some athletes that play really late into their 
lives and they credit things like a you know a strict diet like Tom Brady has like a very strict diet that helps keep him at the at the top of his game. Buffon's Italian. Like there's like all he eats is carbs. <laughs> Campari and pasta all night long. <laughs> there's nothing else to eat in Italy. Like what is he like how is he doing this at thirty nine? <laughs> I don't know. You can have those like burrata salads. They're just cheese and tomato. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's he yeah, he's amazing. He's one of the greatest to ever play. That's inarguable. Yes, but he still misses that little uh, Champions League winners medal in his trophy cabinet. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think that. I mean, I I like I said, I can't write Monaco out of this, but I do think that it looks very much like a Real Madrid Juventus final is what we're looking at and that's that sounds like a fantastic matchup oh that's gonna be a fun final mm-hmm. yeah although we'll see the the champions league finals end up either being fireworks or just like really dirty nitty gritty penalty displays yeah i don't, I don't want to see another penalty uh, uh yeah but no. think about like the juventus barcelona one was pretty fun it's atletico madrid that's your that's atletico madrid they take the fun out of it yeah yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But and I think... Barcelona takes the fun out of it because they beat people, they blow people out. <laughs> yeah, then it's no fun either. Yeah, I mean Monaco. They they like you said, Ellie. The, they the do Dortmund have a lot. Bayern of... one. That one was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That was a good one. Um, but I, I mean, I think that that yeah, Monaco has enough attacking prowess that it's and and it's it's another fantastic matchup because before I mean Buffon made what, five, six good saves in this match? At least three or four, and a couple very early on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, without him, then Monaco go ahead. Or, like, without a good save, then Monaco equalize when it was 1-0. And, you know, if if he continues putting in those performances, then that's just, you know, another another little bit of the story to add to his legend. But at the same time, does he... See a split second slower than he was five years ago. It's hard to believe that he isn't at least a little bit. I mean, he's putting in performances that seem to counter that, but at the same time, it's not unthinkable that Monaco can knock in three against Juventus, despite Buffon's fantastic performance in the first leg. So I mean, this is of the two of the two Champions League uh, semifinal second legs. This is the one that I'm gonna, you know, stay up all night to watch in Bangkok, or I guess I'll probably be in Kuala Lumpur. But regardless, <laughs> yeah, I, I I have a tough time seeing them allowing three goals. I know they let in three against Napoli in the cup semifinal, but they were they still went through on that one. I'm trying to look here if they've allowed three goals at any other point of the season yes last time they let in three goals besides that Napoli game was November 27th they lost three to one against Genoa so it, it's a tough ask yeah. it's definitely yeah, a tough it ask. is a tough ask yeah but then again you know if the if it finishes three one then uh, then still, you know, there. I, I, yeah, you. It'll be an interesting match, but you still have to favor Juventus to go through in the final. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just zoned out. But are you like actually insist like it, suggesting that m- someone 
is going to go to Juventus and score three goals in a game where Juventus know that they just have to pack it in and, and no, I'm not. I'm I'm not <laughs> saying that it's likely. I mean, I'm saying I still think that Juventus are clear and rightful favorites, but I'm just saying that of the two matches, the only second leg that I think is legitimately worth watching is the Juventus Monaco because I, I mean, I'll say this right now: I don't give Atletico Madrid a prayer in it, and I give Monaco a prayer even though it's a long shot. Yeah, the same way that, you know, I have a prayer of, like, meeting Ariana Grande and taking her out to dare. No, no, because Monaco has so much potent attacking potential, and they have diverse attacking options, whereas Atletico Madrid is a fantastic team, but they're still Atletico Madrid, and they are not scoring three goals. Right? I, I, don't, I don't think that, like, I don't think that that's ridiculous to say that Monaco have a prayer to score three and Atleti don't. I think you're misunderestimating my dashing good looks that Ariana would be attracted. <laughs> I was just going to say, Ellie just called you ugly, Polly. Just called you ugly. Um, uh. Moving over to the Europa League. We had one game on Wednesday for some reason. Could it be TV? I don't know. Uh, Ajax taking on Lyon. It's usually police. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, Ajax taking on Lyon and Ajax... Took a four to one win here. Great display from them. Really uh, have a very young side. Also, sort of like Monaco. Um, Bertrand Traore scored twice. Casper Dolbay scored and um, fourth goal. I mean Younes. Um, I feel like it's a little bit same in this one though. I I don't see. Even though Lyon got one away goal, I, I just don't yeah. see that being enough. Especially if no. if Ajax get a hold of the ball, they're so good going forward. Yeah. So the reason that it was on Wednesday is because May fourth is a public holiday in the Netherlands. There we go. Uh, what well, public well. holiday? What's it called? It's called Star Wars Day. <laughs> That's right. It is Star Wars Day. No, I'm just kidding. This uh, I'm just kidding about that. It's actually. I know. I know. But it was Star Wars Day yesterday. It was. It, it, May the fourth be with you. Yes, it is Star Wars Day. It's also my niece's birthday. Shout out to her. Um, Boy, she'll be a Jedi. Yeah. Or a Sith. Um, it's actually Remembrance of the. It's called the. The holiday is just called Remembrance of the Dead, which is a very dark name. Okay. Yeah, uh, it is. And what's it and, called in Dutch? I don't know, but it commemorates all those who lost their lives across the world in war situations during peace. Keep, in war situations and during peacekeeping missions since the start of World War II. Okay, that's very so, broad. Oh, but everybody everybody before that, no. <laughs> hmm. Okay, well, there we got an answer at least. Oh, and then, okay, so May 5th, so the following day, which is May 5th, is known as Liberation Day, which marks the end of the country's occupation by Nazi Germany. Yes, that one I can understand. Um, yeah. So yeah, looking at this, they they have a very good spot here. I don't know Lyon. I mean, they're yeah, they're fourth in Ligue 1, but they're also fourth in that weird way, like we had in Spain for a long time. You know, where they're twenty points off the third place team. So yeah, I definitely give a huge edge to Ajax in this one. Thursday. Sure. Manchester United went down to Spain, took a one nothing victory over Celta Vigo after a goal by Marcus Rashford on a free kick. Sensational goal. A what? 
sensational. Sensational. Was it I sensational. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> Alvarez is taking a step in the wrong direction and sort of. Well, yeah, because mucks it up because there for him. from that situation, from that situation, yeah. ninety-nine times out of a hundred, the left-footed player takes it. Yes. You know, like Louis Van Hall used to always have two people stand over the ball, and the first person would run up, and he would never kick it. Mm-hmm. So, like, it wasn't much of a decoy. Like, this was one of those situations where, like, the decoy really worked because the left-footed player always takes that shot. Yes, but at the same time, I didn't feel like Blint did a, did a very good job at it. It looked kind of half-heartedly, and then Rashford came up and, you know, swung it in, and that was a good strike, don't get me wrong, but Alvarez did take that one step to the wrong direction, which made it impossible for him to get anywhere near that ball. The ball also curled into like the side netting. Yes. This was it was the best use of a decoy, and this is a great segue to get ready for the, for this week's game. Uh, it was the best use of a decoy that I've seen United have since Owen Hargreaves was the decoy on that free kick against Arsenal, where he ended up taking it and scoring, mm. yeah. and essentially won us the title that game, that day. Because mm. people. People forget Arsenal finished third that year, but they were breathing down our necks the entire way. Yeah, we'll get to that Arsenal Man U game in just a little bit here. Uh, otherwise, Paulie, what were your impressions of this match? I wasn't entertained. I can tell you that. It just <laughs> looked like it looked like every other one of our matches, and I was waiting for the first half for Mkhitaryan to score a goal, and then. In the second half, I figured we'd concede an equalizer and we'd get a 1-1. Because our away Europa League form is shockingly similar to our home league form. And we don't win games in Spain. So I was just like, yeah, it wasn't entertaining. You had Fellaini out there because we need bodies and he's not eligible to play in the league. So obviously Mourinho's going to use him in the Europa (laughs) League. And because Mourinho loves him. Yep. And... That was that. <laughs> they they got the job done. They took care of business. Now we'll, uh, Elliot, you'll be uh, you'll be relieved that you won't have to face Marcus Rashford on Sunday. <laughs> or yeah. Fellaini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh damn it. <laughs> yep. So you won't get that free red card. I love the part where like he gets that yellow card today, and like the announcer was like. Well, check the replay to see maybe he uh, led with his elbow, and Alexi Lalas just goes, "Well, it is Fellaini." Yes, <laughs> yeah, he he could have easily I, been I, sent I off love in this Alexi one. Lawless. Yeah, he he could have easily picked up a uh, second Alexi yellow. Alexi Lalas literally just speaks like it, it. It's literally like if you put me in a booth, that's Alexi Lalas. Just speaks yeah. his mind, <laughs> not afraid to say anything. Yeah, he says some really stupid things, but he also says some things that are spot on, hilarious, and you would never hear from anyone else's lips. <laughs> yeah, I was. We were a little bit afraid there that Eric Bailly was going to have to go off after taking a knock on the head, but he uh, battled through, which is nice to see, I guess. Unless he played with a concussion, that's never good. Uh, Ashley Young did. He's a hockey player, man. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Chris Mullen came back, though. That's always a plus since United has had a lot of injuries lately. So, um, As did Juan Mar- Oh, no, he didn't. No, he was he on, was the, bench on the, the bench the whole game. Yep. 
Yeah, Martial and Smalling and Ashley Young came off the bench in this one. So, going back to Old Trafford next week. I mean, they should take care of business. I'm saying they should. I'm not sure they will, but they should. And they would go through on a 1-1 yeah. draw. So Yeah. Well, they don't they don't get one one draws in the Europe League. In the Europe League they actually do things like score goals and play defense and <laughs> Yeah. Do you think though, if they do make it to the final, are we gonna see the Haya in for the final? Uh you better. I mean, like what's up with that? Yeah. What's up with that? And and good job credit Alexi Wells for calling out Jose Mourinho on that when he said he said we're putting all hands on deck in the Europe League. We're going with our best eleven and you know, what he said was, if he said we're trying to balance everything, then fine. But if you if you say, hey, we are going with our best 11, then yeah, where the hell is David De Gea? Yeah. You don't want yeah. to miss yeah. the final because your backup goalie flubs something. It's mm-hmm. one thing if your starting goalie yeah. flubs something, but if your backup goalie does it, you're going to be questioned for all eternity. Yes. No, and, and for good reason. I mean, the th- there's a thing where it's just like, for much of this season, Ospina was the man in goal for the Champions League. And to some extent, or even the FA Cup, right? Like, to some extent, that's fine. You can be a cup goalkeeper, and you get matches, you rotate the squad, keep them fresh for the league. But once you get to the, certainly the semis, arguably even the quarters, but, like, definitely in the semis, this is, you're playing for keeps. You're one step away from the final, two steps away from silverware. You have to be putting your best 11 out there. And if you aren't, then yeah, that's on the manager. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like it's very strange, especially when Mourinho's come out and said that, you know, we're focusing on the Europa League. That's our way, best way to get in the Champions League. And he played. Uh, so he played the first Europa League game and then... In the second one, he wasn't in the squad. I'm not sure why. Uh, and then he played the next two group matches, and then Romero played the rest of them. But he, but then De Gea went back and go for the League Cup, which was odd. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's Romero. It's been Romero's tournament, but still, like at at a certain point, like Elliot said, you gotta you gotta go with with your guys. Yeah. If this was the only. Time and, and like what Elliot said, Champions League FA Cup. The only time I would stick with Romero if Romero had been playing the whole tournament is the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if he would have played the whole FA Cup, if you get to the final, I would still be like, "Sorry, buddy, you're sitting on the bench." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep, we're all in agreement there. That's nice to hear for a change. Uh, Taking a look ahead, though, at (laughs) match day 36. And um, it kicks off a little bit early Friday. we got a game between West Ham and Tottenham at the London Stadium, a little London derby. Uh, One person who loves those games. Who's that? Harold Kane. Yes, Harold. Is it Harold? Or maybe his name is Harris. I think it's Harold, but... I will look this up. Harry Kane. Let's see. No, he's actually named Harry. It's Harry Edward Kane. God, that's such a boring name. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but he loves. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what's a better name? Keats. Yes. 
but he loves scoring well games in this well in these matchups and uh you know they're still uh, you know hot on the heels on Chelsea they're four points behind and you know getting a win here is basically crucial if they would lose points here i would say it's definitely over I know, Polly, you've said that it's been over since Christmas. It has been. But it would be... <laughs> it has been. It would be uh, done and dusted if Spurs drop points here against the Hammers. I mean, think about it like... Think about it like like a long race. You know, both both guys are running towards the finish line, but, you know, they're both running at the same pace. And, you know, the... The second place guy, you know, there's 200 yards to go, and the second place guy is is running um, at a pace, but he can't really go any faster. So the only chance, you know, as long as the first place guy just maintains his pace, it's over. And the and it's been like that for most of the race now. So you know, it's it seems close because you're like, oh, but if he trips and falls and it takes him a second to get up, that second place guy might just. He might see blood and maybe he, there's an extra gear in him and maybe he does it. But, you know, in reality, it's like this guy would need to trip over his own feet in order to blow it and lose it. Yeah, I sort, yeah. Of, I yeah. sort of get the analogy. But, but, I, but I at the know. same I time, we're that... talking about a Spurs team that has been on absolute fire. They have... Ten straight wins, or is it nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh. nine! Nine straight league wins. To yeah. make it and interesting, I, I think that I think that but... re- realistically, the only place that Chelsea are going to drop points is that West Brom might be able to pull a West Brom and take two points off of them. You know, in match day 37, but the most points they will drop from these last nine are two, and that's not enough. And, right, like, but, you know, we, Tottenham could also Tottenham and drop points against West Ham and then make it totally over. We just, I mean, that, this, that's exactly my point is, is Tottenham might be, they, they might be so good and they, and yeah, they've, they have been better than Chelsea over the past four months, but the only thing they can do is win the games that they have to play. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing they can do. And what do they have? Four games left, so they can only get twelve points. And Chelsea have just a brutally easy schedule ahead of them. That Chelsea picking up twelve points is just as likely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll see. Chelsea takes on Swansea, who is. They're battling for their life, so maybe they can put in a, a bit of a fight. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, West Ham, they're sort of in uh, no man's land. They are in 15th place. They have seven points to go uh, before the drop, so I don't really see them being in any real danger with uh, three games remaining. You know, we're talking what? get a win here and you're safe oh yeah i mean i don't uh, i don't think realistically west ham are in serious danger i mean i guess 
yeah, yeah. I mean, get, get two, a win here and get, you're safe. Right? Yeah, get two points in your last three games and you're safe. Mm -hmm. They have three straight draws well, I mean, coming into this one. Yeah, I, I don't. I I would be truly amazed to see the hammers plummet so far as to be leapfrogged by the likes of Swansea and or Hull. I mean, Palace as well, but I, it's it, it's Hull and Swans in the slugfest to stay top. Yeah, Swansea, they have 32 points, and then just above the relegation zone, we have Hull with 34 points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of drama there, that's for sure. Big marquee super duper matchup on Sunday. Arsenal taking on Manchester United at the Emirates. 11 a.m. Eastern time kickoff for that one. With Mourinho's comments, Polly, how many plays do you actually think he'll rest for this one? And how many should he rest? Who should they he rest? Doesn't, I mean, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have players to rest. That's so when a you think about it, like. <laughs> When you think about it, like Juan Mata will probably start, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mkhitaryan will probably play because he only played like sixty minutes. Martial's going to start down the middle. Yeah, and then you um, put Rashford on the bench. Right, Rooney will play. Carrick will play. Well, now we're getting up there, so he can rest like three or four players. You th I mean, it, it's really, it, when you look at it, it's like, all right, is Pog we're going to play or not? Like, Lingard probably won't play because he really likes Lingard, and I think he saves Lingard for that second leg. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, but again, like, the the announcer of this game said it perfectly. Like, the last time Mourinho rotated his squad and played, a, I forgot the word that they used, but, like, the last time Mourinho rested his, his good players and played a skeleton squad, they beat Chelsea 2-0. So... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Pogba might be more or less forced to play. Seeing Not that if he plays Rooney. He could play Rooney next to Carrick. We discussed that last time. Oh, yeah. If he opts to go with Rooney as a central midfielder, yes, absolutely. And but... he might do that just so, just because that's an excuse. Like, if yeah. anything goes wrong, if anything goes wrong, then he gets to go... He gets to go, I ha like, look, I had no players. Like, we had to save our guys for the oblique. I had to use Wayne Rooney in midfield. He's not a midfielder. But that's when the reporter says, yes, but you're but the one you're the one who sold two central midfielders, <laughs> Mr. Mourinho. But, and not only that, I was reading today, like, his wish list for, like, summer, like, how he, he knows he needs to buy new midfielders. And, who's, oh, my Who's on Lord. the wish list? Um... It was not a. It was not names you wanted to see. It was like Tony Kroos was there, and just a bunch like has beens. Oh, Seth Fabregas. Like it's a bunch of players, like thirty-two year olds. It's like, dude, like I don't want a twenty-nine year old or a thirty-year-old. Come on, like what's that gonna? That just shows me that you're not that you're not into this for the long haul. Like, take the money that you would spend on any of these guys and throw all of it at Eric Dyer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it would, it, I don't even know how much he would cost. It would be a lot. I mean, they want to pay like 35 million pounds for yeah, him. So just do that. that that's not going to be enough. 
Spurs are in, in they're not in desperate need of cash. So, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. They might get I've read that uh, Lindelof might be back on the table. So, good we'll cuz we need defenders. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Arsenal though, Elliot. They are yeah, sit, they are God. sitting in sixth sixth <laughs> place. They do have a game in hand on Manchester United. They're five points behind United. I mean, they are coming off a loss to Spurs. That was a bad game for them. They did not look good in that one. Do you still hold out hope that they can break into the top four? Not realistically, no. Um, I mean, not unless there's some kind of strange epiphany in the locker room that these players are at one of the world's largest clubs, certainly, you know, with its name dragged through the gutter for the last, uh, I don't even want to imagine. It's just, it's, it's pathetic to me because they're, they're just not putting in the performances and unless something drastically changes. No, no, I, I don't expect us to make the top four. Um, I don't expect us. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm going to watch this game. Um, and I will support my team no matter what, right? But expecting Arsenal to go out there and blow the doors off Manchester United, even expecting Arsenal to go out there and, like, eke another kind of grinded-out ugly victory, maybe you can expect that if you're glass half full, but I think that in and of itself is illustrative that the best-case scenario is stealing three points with an ugly win mm-hmm. and I, our our defense is shambolic our attacking options skilled though they may be look apathetic and our midfield looks like a sieve through which anyone can pass mm-hmm. it's just it is and and don't get me wrong like we had some half decent chances against spurs but I mean, this is a team that is playing, you know, to say that they lack confidence is a huge understatement, right? They're, they, they just look like they don't believe in themselves. And more than that, they almost look like they don't believe in the cause that they're supposed to be fighting for. Now, I hope that they prove me wrong. I really hope they prove me wrong. But even without even a team without Zlatan, I expect Marcus Rashford to come in and put his stamp on, you know, furthering his United career by scoring goals at the Emirates. Now he could maybe score goals at the Emirates and somehow our attack wakes up and we win the match nonetheless or salvage a draw. Maybe. But if you expect Arsenal to keep a clean sheet, then you've been watching a different team than I have. Mm. I mean, how how big of a loss is the injury to Santa Casola. It sort of almost seemed like he was the, oh, en- was the engine of this whole team. Yes. No. I mean, I think that his... It, you ask any Arsenal supporter who is watching Santa Casola, and they would tell you that he's extremely important to this team. But I think that his prolonged absence illustrates how crucial he was even more. Uh, and I think that it's, you know... <laughs> it, Small man, though he is, his stature on the pitch is clearly huge, right? Because he was a leader. And you think back to the 
our first FA Cup victory, breaking the trophy drought, right? And the comeback win, he was the one who scored the free kick who sparked that team to life. And his contributions to this team are enormous. Um, I mean, he's, he's a player that we miss in terms of his creativity, his drive forward. I mean, he's a player who can sit back and play deep in midfield, but still has the instinct, the desire, and technical skill to be moving the team forward consistently and with pace. Um, I mean, yeah, his contributions are huge, and it's really tragic to see, not just, for, not just from an Arsenal standpoint, but just from a general footballing standpoint, how much he has struggled with in, to come back from injury, especially at this point in his career and with the style of football he plays. I mean, it's not unlikely that he'll never be quite the player that he was, you know, two years ago uh, once he once And I hate to say it, but if he ever makes it back onto the pitch for Arsenal. Yeah, because if you look at the other central midfielders, Aaron Ramsey has not been able to fill those shoes. He's had a subpar season, I would say. Uh, Granny Jaka is Arsenal's Fellini, almost. T- takes a I, lot. I wouldn't go that far. Takes a lot of unnecessary <laughs> cards. A lot. He does, of but he has talent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think he's. I. I. I still expect better things from him uh, because he has talent. Yeah. Then you got Coquelin. I don't, in fact, I would even argue that Fellaini would not be where he is in his career right now if it weren't for his hair. Because early on, <laughs> like early on when he would do good things, you'd be like, oh, that's that guy with the hair. Like I recognize him. Like if he didn't yeah. have the hair, you'd just be like, who's that tall guy that like kind of sucks at everything? Mm. Yeah, he's got that sideshow, <laughs> sideshow bob hair. It's not yeah, sideshow no, bob hair. It's just a crazy fellow. David Luiz. That... Has sideshow Bob. Okay, okay. Uh, that's true. He's he's more sideshowy. Yeah. But I. But the other thing too, to, you know, speaking of Francis Coquelin, I think that uh, speaking to uh, also Santi Cazorla's leadership abilities, but also his ability, as I said, to drive forward from central midfield. Coquelin has always been a far better player when paired with Cazorla, and since Cazorla's absence. Coquelin has not looked like the player that he was when he came back from Carlton Athletic and just, you know, took over Arsenal's central defensive midfield to pretty much everyone's surprise. Mm-hmm. But when those two play together, that's a great pairing because Cazorla has fantastic experience. He can sit back and defend, but once they get the ball, then he's the one immediately looking to take the attack forward, and that burden is not incumbent upon Coquelin. And, you know, Coquelin, Jaka, even from a deep-lying midfield role, Ramsey doesn't seem to be as effective as that. I mean, Ramsey's far more effective when he's playing farther up the pitch, but for whatever reason, Cazorla seems to have that ability to help drive the team forward from deep-lying midfield to, into attack in the final third in a way that Ramsey just doesn't seem to have the capacity to, or at least the intuition to do that as naturally as Cazorla did. Yeah, and then one final thought on the Arsenal squad here, too, is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain being put out on a makeshift right wing-back position, although Wenger says that he does see him as a central midfielder going forward. I I feel like we're we're getting to this point, though, where he's almost a bust. He is a bust. Oxlade-Chamberlain. No, I, I, I'm not really. I'm not willing to go that far. Because he turns what? I'm happy 24? United didn't sign him when we tried to sign him. 
Let's I'm see. happy he chose Arsenal instead of us. Yeah, he's born in August. So some he'll people be, he'll be 24 this some summer. people some people are not winners, and that showed when he made that decision. Ooh, shots fired. Uh, uh, I I think Oxley Chamberlain is an immensely talented player. I don't think that he's necessarily lived up to his potential. I don't think that I am ready to, or that anyone should, regardless of the club they support, write off his career, especially from an English. I mean, standpoint. what's his ceiling though? His ceiling is essentially Arsenal's Jesse Lingard, which is obviously like you need players like Jesse Lingard, but you know, like that's his ceiling. His ceiling is a good squad player that can be relied upon uh, when called upon to do a job, but ultimately isn't going to be the guy that takes you to the next level. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to light the world on fire, but I would not be surprised if yet in his career he scores some extremely important goals for England and Arsenal or wherever he may land if yeah, Arsenal like, offload him. Like Jesse Lingard, he scores whenever he steps onto the one-way pitch. So uh, <laughs> yeah. let's call up. Oh. Let's call up Daniel Levy and $35 million for Eric Dyer, and we'll throw in Jesse Lingard because uh, you kind of need somebody that can score at Wembley. Oof. There we go. <laughs> that would be a good sales pitch. Okay, let's get into our scoring predictions heading into match day 36. I finally broke the 200-point barrier. Ooh. Yep. Sitting at 204. Nice. We've been waiting for you on the other side since January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sitting at 204, Elliot, you're second with 224, and then Paulie's in the lead with 241. I have that great kick. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Elliot can make a strong comeback here last couple. Well, I would have I would have to hit some superfectas these last three weeks. Well, you better do better than the two points you got last match day, so. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, I mean, uh, I only got three. <laughs> yeah, you got three in a result, and I had six of the games. So, need more results. I need like all the results for the remaining match days to go in. First off, we got that West Ham against Tottenham game. Uh, I'm gonna go three nothing Spurs here. It's gonna be all about Harry Kane. Yeah. Um. Uh, God, that sounds right to me, but I don't want to pick in the same way. I'm going to be slightly more conservative and say 2-0 Tottenham. I was going 3-0 before Seb said it, so I'll just stick with him. <laughs> you can always go first if you want. I like going I like going third because I don't want you guys to piggyback on my pick. And a lot of times I'm still thinking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then we got Manchester City at home to Crystal Palace. <sighs> hmm. No, Crystal Palace will not do it again. I know they beat Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. They will not beat Manchester City. 2 nothing Manchester City. 3-1 Manchester City. Okay. I would have picked Manchester City if Seb didn't just remind me that Crystal Palace are coming off of wins at Anfield and Stamford Bridge. And they went anywhere else? I mean, they lost at home to Burnley last game. So. Emirates, right, but did Emirates. they win anywhere else? Like at a... Uh, no. Did... They didn't win at White Hart Lane. No, they lost. Whatever. City are, City are a terrible home team. Uh, Aguero's hurt. Jesus is going to save them. 
Give, give I don't know, that's right. That was a way fixture and everything. Give, give me a 2-1 win for Crystal Palace because I'm telling you, stuff's going to happen, and we'll get to it as we make our picks later, but some crazy stuff's going to happen this week. That is crazy, though. Then we got Bournemouth taking on Stoke at home. Oh, um, Bournemouth have two straight wins. Let's go 2-1 Bournemouth. Uh, one nil, one nil Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seb, am I gonna pick with you again? You might have to, cause I, I don't see Stoke pulling this one out. They've been uh, pretty bad here. Oh, so that's yeah. why he has to pick with you? No, I'm going. I'm gonna go one one. Okay. Stoke coming off a scoreless draw at home to West Ham. So, who knows? Maybe they can do that again. Or even score a goal. We'll see. Burnley taking on West Brom. Burnley good at home, so I'm going 2-1 Burnley. They're going to be brimming with confidence after taking their first away win of the season. Go Burnley. I'm not sure about that. I, uh, I, I mean, I know the result I'm going to pick. I just can't decide if they're going to be goals or not. <laughs> I mean, West, that's West, where I am. <laughs> West Brom are coming into this one with one draw and then four straight losses. They have not yeah. scored a single goal in their last five games. Yeah, they are yeah, horrible. I, I was. Yeah, I'm still I'm still on the fence between nil nil. So you haven't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll go one nil. Um, I'll go one nil to to the uh, to to the Burns. I mean, they've got the turf more advantage, but I'm I'm gonna give West Brom that goal and say one one. I mean, okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hull takes on Sunderland. Sunderland already relegated. Hull are hovering just above the drop zone. They have everything to play for. Hull wins two nothing. Nope. Sunderland Sunderland make it interesting. They take a one one draw. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. They suck. Um Yeah, they they do suck, but I mean you said some crazy things are gonna happen this week and all I'm they have about to the play for I go I go one 0 to, to Hull. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean I think that it's the it's the uh, spiteful, we're drowning, and they take you down with us. Mm. Then we got Leicester at home to Watford. Watford coming off losses to Hull and Liverpool, whereas Leicester, they lost one nothing to Arsenal and then beat West Brom one nothing on the road. One um, one. Mm, now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Foxes the win in this one. One 0 Leicester. Jesus. This this game, like, come on! I'm gonna. There's always goals. Like, let's let's give goals in this game. I'll go three two to Leicester because, I mean, talk about two teams that you just like. What are they playing for? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody (laughs) wants to see this, really. Yeah. One game that might be a little bit interesting. That's Swansea against Everton. Swansea fighting for their life here. And Everton coming off a uh, 3-0 loss to Chelsea at home. I'll give Swansea a point in this one. I'll go 1-1. Yeah, 
Gilfie is going to pull a Gilfie. You know who's not going to give Swansea a point in this one? Who? Who's that? Everton. Ooh. <laughs> I go 2-0. Mm, I, I, I agree with your results, but I give the Swans a goal 2-1 Everton. Then we got Liverpool at home against Southampton. Liverpool got a uh, one nothing win against Watford in the last game. Wonderful goal by Emre Khan. Should beat Southampton, but uh, I don't know. Nah, they'll drop points. Let's go with another 1-1. One, one. Nah, they're, they're going to win, but they're going to concede goals. 3-1 Liverpool. Nope, Seb knows what he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, drop those points. Drop them. Uh, then we have that Arsenal-Manchester United game. 1-1. Um, one, one. <laughs> You're picking the home form yeah. on the away. Uh, yep. On the away end. God, I... Arsenal will take the lead, and then United will tie it up late, so we'll feel a little bit better about getting one point. It's either, I mean, I'm debating 1-1 one, one or 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two. No. no, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go with you, Seb. All righty, all righty. Let me explain to you people something. <laughs> The way that this top four race has gone, it's pretty much everybody's trying to drop points and avoid finishing in the top four. And when one top four team drops points, oh, we all drop points. There's never any ground to be made up because everybody's busy dropping points, which is what's going to happen with Manchester City at home, which is why Liverpool are going to drop points, which is why Manchester United are going to drop points. Yes, 1-1 one, one is dropping two points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to drop more than two points because Arsenal are going to get that win because Arsenal are going to somehow find a way to crawl back into this and somehow be in this top four race, which could actually be enough to save Wenger's job. But more importantly, because the people that brought me the magical special one jersey were Arsenal fans, and they're the ones that are like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we're the one that ends if we're the team that ends the jersey's magic. And not only would it be hilarious, it would just be fitting. 2-1, Arsenal. <laughs> well, I hope you're right. Yeah. Then the I la- mean, you know, it is Arsenal in May, so you never know. Yeah. Then the last game. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And since I just picked United to lose, uh, I may actually go and put money on a draw, which is called <laughs> buying a result. Mm. I will spend money so that we win. <laughs> then last game we got Chelsea against Middlesbrough on Monday. Four nothing. Four nothing. Yeah. Four nil. Four nil. Nah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go super conservative with three nil. <laughs> And that would also seal Middlesbrough's fate. More Seb, what did you say? I missed it. I said for nothing. Oh, I thought we, I got that in first. No, we Damn said it. we said it in unison. 
Damn. <laughs> I was busy trying to sign into my account because I forgot that I actually won money this week when uh, Juventus won a game. Yeah. Should Middlesbrough lose against Chelsea and Hull take one point from their game against Sunderland, then Middlesbrough are done and dusted. But I don't see them getting anywhere near getting a point from Chelsea. Which is what we said when Crystal Palace grabbed a couple of nice wins, but whatever. Let's get our final thought in before we say goodbye. Um, if you watched the Manchester United game against Celta Vigo, Rashford uh, got a little knock and he got subbed off and he uh, made his way off very slowly because he, he was hurting. And the Celta Vigo players were very upset. They were bum-rushing Rashford. They were screaming at the referee. Um, and the funniest part was when Rashford shushed John Gudetti, uh, Celta Vigo's Swedish striker who has a past with Manchester City. Oh, great line by the announcers. They were like, he was at Manchester City for a few years, never played for them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Was he actually there ever? (laughs) Yeah. So that was a pretty funny moment. And I don't understand because the referee was pointing towards his watch. He's like, I've stopped the watch. I've stopped it. Like, you don't have to. This is how a watch works. You can stop it. Trust me, this time's coming back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had five additional minutes, so I don't think there's anything to complain on with that. So, uh, Celta Vigo needs to just chill a little. Paulie, your final thought. Uh, Friday, Kentucky Oaks Day, otherwise known as the day that I lose a lot of money betting on horse racing because I know nothing about horse racing. <laughs> when is the derby's I, on Saturday, right? The derby's on Saturday. The Oaks is Friday, and the Oaks is when I, I just put NBC Sports on because they do their Oaks coverage. And every time there's a race, I bet it, and I pretty much never win. <laughs> What's Oaks? Is that like a pre-tournament? The Oaks pre-race? is uh, for the females. Oh. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Don't bet on horses, people. Don't, <laughs> Elliot. Uh, well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cheeky here and have two. Well, the first one is just very short, which is Seb, Paulie, you guys got to come to uh, to Thailand because everyone is a Manchester United fan here. Oh everyone. yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm aware. Oh my god, <laughs> not playing many like, years here. <laughs> uh, oh my. Goodness. And, you know, many of them I've met have been lovely. You know, Katoy, T, we had a great time drinking the other night, but every single person, my God. Anyway, my other final thought concerns uh, Wenger and his comments about Monaco striker Mbappe. I don't know if you guys saw this. He went to his um, house this to sign is... him. He was a college <laughs> football recruiter. <laughs> I know, but, it's, but the thing is that him talking about it is just, it's just so. It's just so, like, it's such a sad, wistful, like, oh, what could have been? It's like, well, you know, I, I know who the good players are. I went, I went to his house. I went to his house. There was nothing more I could do. There was nothing more I could do, you see. You could oh, open up the goodness. wallet. That's what you could have done. Yeah, I'm kidding. Exactly. It was just like, 
Uh, oh man, you're not buying not buying any sympathy there, Mr. Wenger. No, and you, sorry, not so. You will definitely not pony up the money that will be needed to get Mbappe in the summer. Oh God, no, no. But the thing is that yeah, this is so characteristically Arsenal is that if he'd ponied up the money that would have been necessary last summer, it would have been half of what is necessary this summer. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, 40 million for Mbappe for a teenager, that's a lot of money. But now it would be, it's going to be like 60, 70, 80. Yeah, so, yeah. He, he's the new hot thing. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I well, mean, if, if... actually, uh, this West Ham Tottenham game is actually on NBCSN, smack in the middle of their Kentucky Oaks coverage. And I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed about that. <laughs> <laughs> can't you have picture in picture you can do uh races not if, up in the not if the channel is only isn't showing the well, race don't they switch over to like cnbc or one of their other weird yeah. channels probably not because it's a friday so like those play, those they have like weekday programming you know uh, like what do they show on cnbc anyways the the stock market <laughs> ah whatever <laughs> Whatever they can just have one of those little rolling bars at the bottom. Yeah, the and then it's and then it's weird because usually uh, on Saturday the the Ranger game is at three o'clock on NBCSN. Usually they play that game at like noon, and then go into their and then that the game will end at it starts at like twelve twenty, so it ends at like three. The Derby the ends at like three thirty, and the Derby coverage starts at like four or three thirty four o'clock. So this time they're starting their derby coverage at like 2.30. The Ranger game's at 3 on NBCSN, so that'll end right before the race. And then the Penguins game, the Penguins-Caps game is on at like 7.15. So it's literally NBC being like, hey, hockey fans, watch this game, uh, and then please switch over, watch the race for two minutes, and then as soon as that's over, we'll get you right back to hockey. Yep. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. With that, we'll say goodbye. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Paulie's P. Christel, WFAN, and Elliot is Keats Was Better. Until next one, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.